Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the law. This is your legal light. It is your health law. I'm Samson Ladia Yenini. It's been a couple of weeks of talk about injunction and contempt. What are they? We'll be right back, right here on your legal clinic, breaking it down and giving you platinum education. This is the law. It's your legal light. It's your health law. I'm Samson Ladia Nyanini, and joining me this afternoon for this education on injunctions, avoiding contempt of court, Bobby Banson is a law lecturer and author of legal text. Also, Albert Jemfi is also a law lecturer and author of legal text. He's based in Kumasi, whilst Bobby is right here in Accra. Good afternoon, gentlemen, and thanks for making time to join us on the law. Good afternoon, Samson, and thanks for having having us. I, uh, before we get serious, uh, let me say some a thought just crossed my mind. I've known you for more than twenty years, maybe. No, no, twenty. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. almost. You, almost. You've always been the same, except the little gray hair. That <laughs> <I was coming. laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, gray is supposed to be a blessing, so I I, I tap into the blessing. Albert. <laughs> Always good to have you. Our audiences are excited about the way you're able to break down the difficult legal things uh, so simply, effortlessly. Albert? Yeah, um, good afternoon, Samson, and good afternoon to your, to your viewers. And, uh, thank you for having me, too. Um, it's good to, to meet my, my senior, Bobby Banson. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be here today. <laughs> okay. So, um, Boy Bansing and I sat in class once and then we jumped and we moved one from one place <laughs> to the next. Okay, so let's let's begin. So Bobby, um and for the purposes of this um uh, afternoon, I've had to go back, pick your book, read again, read my rules, and look at some of the authorities that some people say that bring a certain uh two views on whether and if an injunction is spending, it should operate as you know, sort of a stay on the one who has been, is being injuncted or so on and so forth. But yeah. let's begin. When we say injunction in the court process, what does it mean? Well, um, an injunction is, is it's, um, a normal English word to injunct somebody to restrain the person. Um, in the context of, of court or legal proceeding, it may operate, it may have two meanings. It's not only an injunction is a term that is used in the court process, not only to restrain somebody, but sometimes an injunction, so an injunction could be prohibitive or mandatory in the sense that you are asking somebody to do something, or it could be used that do not do something. So it may have 
two sides of, 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 of the sword. It could direct an act to be done, or it could restrain an act from being done. So right. you could have those two balances. Now, um, the procedure, the process, an injunction could be applied for in the course of a claim or a relief. So after, for example, you have issued a writ of summons, which is the most popular means of commencing action people know, you can decide to apply for an injunction to restrain the other party from doing something or to direct the other party to do something pending the final determination of your substantive claim. Mm. So in that sense, lawyers would say that that injunction is interlocutory in the sense that you have filed it pending the final determination of the claim. So the outcome of that injunction uh, process is not prejudicial or should not be prejudicial to your substantive claim. So for instance, I'm, I'm litigating with Samson over a parcel of land in Dansoma. I have sued Samson for the court to declare that I am the owner of the land. Then when I, am, I have traveled to Kumase, I am told that Samson has sent workers there. He has started developing the land. Then I have a right by law to apply to the court for the court to restrain Samson from developing the land pending the court determining who is the actual owner of the land. So the outcome of that application injunction the court must not determine who is the owner of the land. He is only looking at the facts and the prima facie evidence that is before the court to determine whether or not, on the face of it, there is a need to restrain the parties pending the final determination. To hold the, the scales court. in balance, correct? In balance, yes. Right. Injunction could also be claimed as a substantive relief. And so a party may go to court asking for injunction permanently. And that could, also, that could be by a writ or an originating motion or notice. So that the person's main aim for going to court is for the court to restrain somebody from doing something in perpetuity. Mm. Okay. Um, so, Albert, from what Bobby, Bobby's explanation, does it mean that I must have been in the court already before I can ask a court to give me an injunction, as in the temporary one or the permanent one. All right, so um, like, like um, Sina said, in the past, injunctions could only be applied for when there's a substantive action pending. So there must be a case in court then you apply for an injunction as a permanent relief, which in law we refer to as perpetual injunction, or you apply for an injunction. Not a good start. Um, Albert's Zoom has always been very reliable. Don't know about today. Um, so, so, Bobby, let's try and explain and give the education on that again that you are saying either you have a rate or an originating process in court, either you have a petition in the court or you have something pending, before the law allows you to, to ask for the temporary one, or the one you call the interlocutory injunction, right? Okay, Albert is back. Albert, let's, let's continue. Uh, hello, Albert. Okay, 
Albert's uh, line just froze again. So, yes, Bobby. Say the position of the law has been that a court cannot grant an application for injunction. No, rather, yeah, a court cannot grant an application for injunction unless there's a substantive originating processes before the court. And so you cannot merely file an application for interlocutory injunction if you do not have a writ or you do not have a petition or you do not have an originating process. Mm. So, so that the example you gave, the example you gave about a land litigation with me, um, yes. which will never happen. Yes. <laughs> because I, I'll simply give up. I'll just say, my friend, just keep it. I know you in, say in the, the same. Case, in, the, in the case we had, I gave up. <laughs> All right. So um, if there is a litigation, like you, you're saying that, first of all, I must have a suit. And I'm using suit for the understanding of our audience. I must have a suit in the court before I can now come to the court and ask by an application that I want an interlocutory injunction to stop this person from doing this until the, the case itself has been heard, right? Yes. So you must have a substantive um, originating motion, oh, sorry, originating processes file, like you said, a suit. So if you do not have a substantive suit before the court, you cannot merely apply for an interlocutory injunction. Indeed, there is a case where the, the, there was a rate, but the only relief that was endorsed on the rate was, was an order for an interlocutory injunction. That was a rate, but the only relief endorsed on it was an order for an interlocutory injunction. The Supreme Court held that it is not a substantive re a relief, and so that rate was struck out for disclosing no cause of action. Mm. And so they have made it quite very clear that in the absence of a substantive originating processes before the court, a party cannot merely seek to invoke the interlocutory jurisdiction of the court. In Great. Thank you very much. So the injunctions, as you said, what is the purpose of an injunction? Very well. Again, back to our land litigation scenario, where we know we all know how long sometimes it takes for cases to be completed in the courts. In our current dispensation, average is between 12 to 18 months, average, or 18 to 24 months. Now, if I have filed direct against you asking for a declaration that I'm the owner of the land, and you are on the land developing it, if I wait for the 24 months for the court to finally determine that I am the owner of the land, you would have built the, the you would have developed the land. And so whatever judgment I would have obtained may not be as fruitful as I have hoped for. So in such a circumstances, or in such circumstances, I can apply to the court for the courts, like to borrow your theme, to hold the scale of justice, hold the balance, pending the final determination of the matter, so that nobody will take a step that will render the final judgment moot mm. or otios. And so, for example, if it is a Marivia injunction, which is one form of injunction, where there is litigation or prospective litigation over, um, let's say, a company's assets, and one shareholder intends to take all of the assets outside the jurisdiction, 
and there's a suit, a, a shareholder or a party can bring an application for an order to restrain the other person from taking all the assets outside the jurisdiction, pending the final determination of the matter, which could be 24 months or 36 months, depending on how uh, expeditious it turns out. So the court always looks at, one, is there a prima facie legal or equitable interest mm. that is on the face of the documents that are before me? Has something demonstrated that he has some level of interest to be protected? Has Bobby demonstrated that he has a level of interest to be protected? This is so, so that people do not bring frivolous claims just for the sake of it. Mm. So that if I see you developing your land, because I have, uh, you annoy me because we belong to different political parties, and I've seen that you are prospering and then you are developing the land, then I file a suit and bring an application for injunction. When I do not have any interest at all, no matter how minute it is to be protected. So if the person bringing that application for injunction does not demonstrate any interest at all, at all, the court will dismiss the application. Mm. Uh, if you have demonstrated, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I know you were going to go to maybe about two more, uh, yes. you know, basis for which a court will decide on the question of whether one person deserves an injunction or does not deserve. Now I understand Albert is back with that. Yeah. Hello, Albert. Yeah, Samson, sorry. Sorry for that break. Great. Sorry. Great. So now, Albert, we, we are at a time when we are talking about um, why a court will grant an injunction. All right. So a court will grant an injunction, we say in law, to preserve the status quo ante before litigation. That, that's so interlocutory file, injunction. Yes. So I filed a case against Bobby, and like you rightly explained, we are litigating over a parcel of land. That nobody is supposed to do anything that will change the circumstances of the land how the action is pending. Or so you have or you have sued me. Or you have sued me for, for defaming you. And you are asking the court to stop me to co- from continuing to make publications that defame you until the main case has been determined. So the scales are exactly. held even. Okay. Exactly. So that you don't do anything that would prejudice the hearing of the matter. So that even if I win, I will have to now go through certain hardship to get what I want from the court. So in the defamation case that you mentioned, you are defaming me, I'm taking you to court for the court to restrain you from defaming me. Mm-hmm. Then if you continue to defame me, even though I could win the original suit against you, but by that time, my image would have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. So the court restrains you so that at least we could have an even playing field for the matter to be determined. Mm-hmm. So... Um, <clears throat> Bobby began by saying the first thing the court will consider is whether the one who is asking for the injunction, that is the interlocutory injunction, whether they have, you know, a, a legal right, so to speak, or is it equitable rights? What does that mean? How, how is that manifested? How can I explain that to someone on the street when it's a land okay, issue? So if, if we talk about legal rights in land, you are going for an injunction to prevent somebody from developing that land until the case is determined. 
like Bobby Riley stated, at that instance, the court is not yet to determine who owns the land. But before the court will restrain the other party from developing the land, which will come to come with some sort of a hardship to the person because he has to hold on to the land, he would not have to use his building materials, laborers that he would have paid would not be able to work on the land. The court wants you to show something on paper, show something to the court, at least for now, so that the court will be convinced that you have a chance of success in court. Mm -hmm. Not that you would win at all costs, but at least something to show that you have a potential of winning the suit. That is what is referred to as the interest in land. Mm -hmm. That interest could be legal or it could be equitable. So in the sense that legal means that on paper, you are the owner of the land. So I have paperwork to show that I am the owner of the land. Either I have an indenture, I have a, um, an allocation notice with popular commerce, I have a, um, um, a land title certificate, something to show on paper that I have a chance of success in court. Then equitable interest means that I do not have anything on paper, but I could leave evidence which will show that I have some beneficial ownership to this land. So maybe I am a beneficiary of a will. My father willed the property to me, but vesting assent has not yet been made. Maybe I obtained the, 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 the property because of an, a customary gift which was made to me. Maybe both of us are owners of the land. I gave him the money to buy the property. His name is on the paper as a legal owner, but I am the person who gave him the money, so I also have equitable interest in it. So you are supposed to show something to the satisfaction of the court, mm -hmm. for the court to see that at least this person has shown us something that he has a chance of success in court. So let's give him the opportunity so all parties are restrained, mm -hmm. so that the court will take its time to now go into it as to whether your claim is sufficient to warrant a declaration of title in your favor. So show something to the court for the court to know. That's what it means. Gentlemen, thank you so very much. You're still here on the law. This is your legal light. It is your help law. And Bobby Banson and Albert Jemphy, both lawyers and teachers of the law and who have also written books uh, about the law, are helping us uh, educate on what injunctions are, what they are not, how you may get it or may not get it, and we have just dealt with one. Sebastian Gorka here. I'm living a very blessed life as an intelligence analyst, a national talk show host and author, and I have an amazing family. But like many of us, aches and pains start to interfere with living my best life, even just walking the dog. But I found Relief Factor three years ago, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains, and now I'm pain-free and I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better, move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than half a million other Americans. Get started today with your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. Almost 70% of those who order go on to use it more. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. Commission actually is doing contradicts the constitution and their law, then they will make subsequential or consequential orders. So that has so, that must that, that must be the case in which in the end they sought to remove the NHIS card as yes. an identifier for registration. 
And yes. therefore, an order was made to the Electoral Commission to remove all those who had registered with that kind of uh, yes. identification. Yes. Attested. Okay. So, in that instance, even though Abu Ramadan's case was prima facie, that was a good case, the court looked at the balance of convenience. Okay, if we grant it, would there be, can it be remedied at the end or there will not be any remedy? Would damages be, be, be enough? Maybe you should look at it, you should look at it also from the example you gave about a shareholder and a company uh, matter. Yes. If you have if you have such an instance where I I I I, I the, for example uh, there's a company has a managing director, a shareholder goes to court for an order that the managing director was wrongly appointed, and so the managing director should not act, apply brings an application for injunction, restraining the managing director from acting until the final determination of the case, even though the shareholder may have a prima facie right. The court will ask itself, if I restrain the managing director from acting now, it means that the court, the company will not have a managing director. And the court cannot appoint managing directors for companies. And whatever remedy that that shareholder may be seeking from the court can be ordered at the end of the trial. So the court will look at the greater good of the company running down mm. or maintaining the status quo right. by keeping the managing director until the final determination of this matter. Thank and you. this, if we just end on this point, mm -hmm. and this balance of convenience analysis, it's because an, an injunction is an equitable relief. And so it gives a lot of discretion to the judge to look at the overall interest of all the parties involved equitably, not strictly by law, mm. like other processes. Okay. So that the balance of convenience analysis is founded on the equitable jurisdiction of the court in granting or refusing an application for injunction. Right. Um, let me bring Albert uh, uh, back on and see what Albert has to say about this additionally, and then speak about the final uh, point which a court will consider to give um, uh, an injunction. That is the interlocutory one, the temporary one, the one that makes sure that all of you are on equal you know, level, playing field, before the case itself or the suit itself is determined at the end. Um, do I have Albert? Uh, unfortunately, Albert will have to uh, retweak um, his uh, Zoom because I understand that it's, it's frozen. Just when I was going to Albert again. Um, okay, thank you. Albert, I understand you are, you are back. Um, so my question to you is, if you have anything to add to what Bobby has said about the second ground and then also lead us to the final ground of what the court will consider uh, to grant or not grant um, uh, an, an interlocutory injunction. Okay, um, we'll try and get Albert to rectify his uh, line and then we'll get back to him. So, um, like Bobby has been talking about, the second one is whether, you know, um, there is the balance, the court will consider the balance of convenience. Who is going to be more inconvenienced? And if somebody is going to be inconvenienced, will they, can they be compensated in the end? If you are allowed to go on 
and you are not stopped in the end, can they be compensated? That's what he was talking about. So let's have your, your final you know, uh, comments around uh, granting of injunction, and then I'll ask you the next question. So if, if the, 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 the person making the application is able to demonstrate to this court that he has met all these criteria, then the court may grant the injunction. And interestingly, the rules provide that if the court grants an application for injunction, the, pers- and the person at whose instance the application is granted must provide an undertaking. So if you file an application for injunction and it is granted by the court, then you, you must sign an undertaking. That is if the other side opposed it. You must sign an undertaking telling the court that in the event that you lose the case, the substantive case, all the damages or all the loss that may have occasioned the other side because the injunction was granted, you are ready to pay. And so I think there's a famous estate, uh, because some parts of the case are still in court, a famous estate on the Temamoto way, where recently there's been a lot of Ula Balu. That case dragged on for almost 20 years, a very famous estate. And then an injunction was granted, and the person at his instance, the injunction was granted, lost the case at the end. And now they are calculating the damages that the person must pay. Mm-hmm. A very famous estate. Right. Don't want to right. And, 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 and we also note that sometimes when the court is going to give you, it will ask you to undertake, give an undertaking. Yes, that, yes, so that is what I just said. Uh-huh, that I right, that in the end, the right. Court, yeah. Okay, thank you. So I, just, I, I just added that. Thank that, you, thank you very much. Albert is back. Um, so, Albert, we are talking about interlocutory, and I wanted to bring you on, on what people have also become familiar with, which is interim. What's the difference? We, we mentioned interlocutory, we mentioned the one that is, if you like, perpetual, or we, you call it permanent, perpetual. But there is one that appears to come before all of these. Interim. Which one is that? Interim injunction. Interim injunction has some familiarities with the local tree, with that both of them are granted during the pendency of the action. Mm-hmm. The difference is that for the interim injunction, like the name suggests, the court grants it in the interim. So if you follow a case, and for some reason, you are not even finding the person to serve, or even if you serve the main rate of sermons, but you want to serve the application for injunction, um, you are not finding the person, and you think that trying to look for the person or going by other means is likely to delay, or because the person is evading service, it will delay your service of the main application for injunction, for the interlocutory injunction on him. Then what you do is that you go to the court, what we, we lawyers call ex parte, so you go to the court alone. This time you narrate your situation to the judge, tell the court the situation on the ground. And if the court is satisfied that there is a matter of urgency and that something has to be done immediately now, the court can grant you interim injunction. When the court grants the interim injunction, it is for a period of 10 days. Its validity is for 10 days. So that you can now have the injunction to serve the person while you prepare to look for him to serve him with a motion for interlocutory injunction. So it is a one-sided affair. The court grants it because it is urgent 
that that injunction be granted. Maybe example, maybe perishable goods are involved. Exactly. Or an example is someone is planning to, to demolish your, your property and uh, you need to file a case for interlocutory injunction. The person behind the demolition, you cannot find him. You can go for interim injunction so that you can serve those who are to demolish the property for them to stop for 10 days while you look for them. And mm. like the example you gave, where perishable goods are involved, you cannot go through all that process of serving for the president to respond and all that. The court can also grant interim injunctions to restrain the situation for now. Except, except that that will last for only 10 days. A period of 10 days. So after mm. 10 days, if you don't repeat it on notice, in other words, serve the other party for him to be heard on it, then that injunction would last and it should be, be deemed that there's no injunction pending before the court. So technically what the lawyers do is by the ninth day or the tenth day, then you go and file it on notice, correct? Yes, but for me, what I do is that when I'm going to serve the order for interim injunction, I also serve together with the motion for interlocutory injunction. If we can find him to serve the interim injunction, then we should be able to find him to serve the interlocutory right. injunction. I do it side by side, mm. but some would also wait to the ninth day, then they put it on notice. All right. Uh, thank you very much. If you are still here, this is the law. It's your legal lights. It's your help law. And we have uh, two lawyers helping us to uh, understand the questions of injunctions. We are, we are graduating to the questions of contempt, Bobby Banson and Albert Jemphy. Um, so let's come to the elephant in the room now. We know that the perpetual injunction, you have already explained that, that one is given at the end of the case, and you are stopped in perpetuity from doing something, correct? Yes, it's, it's an order that is rendered in REM against the whole world, directed through the person who lost the matter, that forever you are not allowed to go onto Samson's land. You are restrained forever. Mm. Not you and every person who claims to you, your children, your children's children, your agents, mm -hmm. do not go near Samson's land. Right. And when I use the defamation matter, it will also mean that you would have in injuncted me perpetually from commenting on the matter that you took to court against me, correct? Yes. Good. In, the, in the manner that would then be prejudicial to the, to the matter. Right. Now... We are giving this education on the back of certain developments and pronouncements by uh, lawyers. Then you hear some lawyers say, once you file the application for interlocutory injunction and you serve a copy on the party who is supposed to be served and they become aware that you have gone to court and you are seeking to stop them from doing something, then you are stopped from doing that thing until the application has been determined. And others say, no, 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 no. You are not stopped until the matter has been determined and the court gives an order. You are not stopped. You can do as you please. The application is not an order of the court. So there's no injunction, so to speak. Um, let me begin on this point with uh, Albert. What do you say? All right, I think, I think this is um, the wrong legal statement in my view, and that um, that does not reflect the position of the law. Um, something permits me to, be, to, to quote certain cases 
And um, I'm doing this because this argument that you just said has been shared by a lot of um, legal practitioners on various platforms. In the case of the Republic versus Professor Ni Osunate, ex-party Itawaka and 36 others, the court had this to say. This is so any, any act of conduct that tends to interfere with the administration of justice may constitute contempt of court. Once an application is pending and parties are made aware of the pendency of the said application, any conduct on the part of the respondents that is likely to prejudice the fair hearing of the application is tantamount to contempt of court. In the case of the Republic versus Bank of Ghana and others expected before, the Supreme Court said that when the court is seized with jurisdiction to hear a matter, nothing should be done to accept the judicial power that has been vested in the court by the Constitution of Ghana. In effect, the state of affairs before the court was seized with the matter must be preserved until the court delivers its judgment. This is so, whether or not the court has granted an order to preserve the status quo or not. A party to the proceedings will be important if he engages in an act subsequent to the filing of the case, which will have the effect of interfering with the fetch of the case or undermine the administration of justice. The conduct must be one which has the effect of prejudging or prejudicing the case even before a judgment is given. Last one. In Re-Ephidiasis Tool Affairs, number two, Republic versus Numapal, ex party Ameya, the Supreme Court said any act of conduct that tends to bring the authority and administration of the law into disrespect or disregard, or to interfere with or prejudice parties, litigants, or their witnesses in respect of pending proceedings constitute contempt. So any act or conduct that tends to interfere with the administration of justice may constitute contempt of court. So something, what it means is that when a proceeding is pending in court, when an application is pending in court, and a party is made aware, that is the language the Supreme Court uses, party is made aware of that particular process pending before the court, that party who is aware is not supposed to do anything that would prejudice or interfere with the administration of justice. The law does not even require that you should be served with an application for Sebastian Gorka here. I'm living a very blessed life as an intelligence analyst, a national talk show host and author, and I have an amazing family. But like many of us, aches and pains start to interfere with living my best life, even just walking the dog. But I found Relief Factor three years ago, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains, and now I'm pain-free and I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better, move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than half a million other Americans. Get started today with your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. Almost 70% of those who order go on to use it more. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. Junction before you stop what you're doing. The law says that so far as you are aware that an application for injunction is pending in court, you cannot do any act that would interfere with that application that is to be heard. Let me mm. give an example. So somebody is there 
There's an application for injunction filed to prevent the dead body from being buried. Just an example given. Now, when the application is served on you, you cannot bury the person claiming that there is no order of injunction because when the person is buried, then there is no purpose for the court to hear the matter. That amounts to interference with the administration of justice. Now, most people think that the, the service of the application is not an order. But the effect of the service of the application is order because the surest way to prove to the court which burden is on the applicant for contempt, to prove to the court that the party is aware is to prove that he has been served. So technically, you don't even need to be served to stop. But if I want to be sure that you've been found in contempt of court, then I've been proven that you are aware, I show evidence that you have been served. So for instance, if you, you are a party to a case, you go for a radio interview, the interviewer asks you, mm -hmm. are you aware that this particular application for injunction has been filed in court? And your argument is that, oh, I'm aware, but I have not been served. That argument, that evidence can be used against you, and it can even be found in contempt of court, although you have not even been served. But once you are served and you disregard that act, it is not a disobedience of a court order, but an interference with administration of justice. And that, in my view, amounts to contempt of court. Thank you very much. Bobby, what do you say? I agree wholly with the argument that once you are served with an application for injunction restraining you from undertaking an act, then you would have to hold on until that application for injunction is heard. The reason is that per Article 125 of the 1992 Constitution, judicial power is vested solely in the judiciary. And so if there are disputes between parties, it is only the judiciary that can determine it. So if I serve you something with an application to restrain you from developing the land, and then you say that, well, it is an application that I have served on you, asking the court for the court to restrain you, and as long as the court has not made that order, you will proceed with the development. What it means is that you are arrogating onto yourself that authority to decide and take it away from the bowels of the court. Mm. And because the courts are there by our own social contracts, as we will call it, decided to establish the judiciary and vest that authority in them. If you do anything that will erode public confidence in the judiciary, in the sense that if I file a process and I serve on you, you have no respect to the authority of the judiciary, and so you go ahead and do as you deem fit. Then you are undermining the authority of the judiciary, the dignity of the judiciary, and then you are arrogating onto yourself that power. So for that, for me, is the, re the reasoning behind that, those ratios in the cases that my, my, my colleagues cited. Right. But where I have a challenge, where I have a challenge, is the use of the word, and I've seen it in, in some cases from the 1960s till now, is the use of the word when the party becomes aware. Now, if you read all, and I've taken my time to read all those cases where they, that, those words were used, they become aware there was some form of service on those persons or their authorized agents. And because, you see, contempt is quasi-criminal. 
And so, before you are able to get a conviction for contempt against somebody, in such an instance where you filed an application for injunction and you said the person was aware and yet the person proceeded, you must prove beyond reasonable no doubt that indeed the person was there. So if something you call me and they say, oh, Bobby, I have heard that uh, um, Albert has filed an application for injunction against you. Are you aware? Then I say, oh, yes, I'm aware, but I have not been served. Now, truly, I am not served with the process. Maybe Albert was asking for an order restraining me. This is a loose example, but let me put it like that. Restraining me from selling my car to you, Samson. So you, Samson, you call me and say, ah, Bobby, I'm told that Albert has filed an application for injunction. Are you aware? I say, I'm not aware. And I proceed to sell the car to you. Now, Albert files an application for contempt or committal for contempt, even though I was not said, and said that I told something I was aware. Now, I, my, 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 my fear with this approach, in the absence of proper legal service, is that in our day of social media and technology, what I see on social media, if I say I'm aware, may not be what was actually filed. Or not all the pages were filed. Perhaps, I may, perhaps, Albert may have filed an application for injunction asking for certain reliefs. But it is loosely referred to as an application for injunction. But the specific reliefs that are endorsed on the motion paper are unknown to me. Mm. Right. And if we, the argument that we would have to rely on, oh, I am aware, you are aware, we may be putting ourselves in an abyss where the burden to prove beyond reasonable doubt may mm. be difficult to discharge. Right. And so if you file a for injunction, do well to serve the parties. And let, let me give this example. Mm. In the, the, the demonstration, we, I, I, I saw the police, the, the recent one, issue a press statement that they have filed an application for injunction. And so that is notice. The, the rules state specifically how judicial processes ought to be served. And so you merely issuing a press release that you have filed an injunction, and so it is noticed to everybody, may not meet that judicial threshold. Right. Remember, dealing with judicial... So, you're right. Judicial so, so in very simple terms... The two of you teaching the law, writing about the law, and helping all of us to read and to understand the law a lot better, you agree that the legal position in Ghana, general legal position in Ghana, or the legal position on application for injunctions generally, is that once a party has filed it, and you have been served with a copy of the injunction application. You I have believe. become aware that it is pending. Yes. You must stop. You should not take any further step. Yes. Until the case is determined to know whether one person has won the injunction or the other person has lost it. Correct? Yes. Yes. But, that but this is not an offense. Is it an advice 
or it is compulsory? Albert. Come again. Is it an advice or it's an offense or it's compulsory? I don't know how to put it. That, yes. yes, that when the application for injunction is pending, you must not do anything about about what you are you are you are being you are being stopped from doing. Yeah, uh, something. Um, I think it's all three. It's, it's an it's an advice from us to the public out there. It's actually a compulsion also by law that once you are served with an application for injunction, the law behoves on you to stop whatever you are doing. And um, like my, my my colleague said, it is out of respect to the court. And if you do any act, that tends to undermine the authority of the court. That amounts to contempt. So, 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 so you are taking a risk which you could be punished for. Exactly. Exactly. You could be punished for contempt. Once there's evidence that you are aware of the pendency of the application, yes, you decided to disregard it. Mm. Bobby? Yes, I, I would say it's an advice. Um, that you, you, you hold your horses um, until the court determines it so that you are not deemed to be taking the, the, the judicial power into your own hands. But we can also not discount the fact that there may be some instances where parties can weigh the, 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 the consequences. Yes, and proceed. Because, for example, for example, and this is with practical experience, during the COVID times, judges took a certain policy not to send people behind bars for contempt. So they will fine you 20,000 cities, 30,000 cities. If you look at the value of what you want to do <laughs> and the consequences if you are not able to do that, you as a party may weigh it and say, okay, maybe I'll go and take the conviction for contempt and pay the fine and then let the matter proceed. So you know that you'll be find, found guilty, but you will weigh the balance the two and then decide how to proceed. But, but it's unpredictable so, that you will be giving only a fine and you will not be thrown into jail for contempt. That was why, that was why I put that in the time of the COVID. <laughs> Post-COVID, yeah. it's different. But yeah. in the time of the COVID, generally, the generally the, the policy was that don't throw people into jail for any Unless minor offenses, okay. That was it. So during that time, you would have people taking that, that risk. Okay. But if you have a judge who asks you to go two days, three days, <laughs> there right. becomes a problem. So um, I, I'm going to, we have done, we have just very limited time. I'm going to invite comments and questions from our audience. But get, I am very aware that the cases that other people have cited to suggest that when an injunction application is pending and you have been served, it doesn't mean that you know you have been stopped, so you can go ahead and do whatever you want. Uh, we we will do a part two, and I'll plead with you to make time with us so that we do a part two, so that you can try and distinguish uh, those cases from the general rule that you have explained to us today. I'm referring to cases like Republic versus Court of Appeal, Ex parte Cito, uh, number one. I'm referring to the other case of the Republic versus Nana Kru uh, Perko, the second, Ex parte Nana John uh, Ezoa. And 
how the court determined that they were not in contempt, even though they had been cited for contempt for issues that had to do about one about injunction and one about a judgment. Uh, so let's invite our audiences to share their views. And then in part two, you will do the distinguishing why these two cases are different um, and not the general rule, as some people may want to say. Uh, the lines are open now, 03022111692. Uh, we have very limited time. Call and ask your question. Um, Albert Jemfi and Bobby Banson, both lawyers, lecturers, and authors of legal texts, have been helping us to explain what injunctions mean, and particularly whether an injunction application could be said to be as effective as an order of the court when the process has been served on the other party. So join us with your comments and your questions. This is the law. It's your legal light. It's your help law. Um, whilst we, we... Yes, hello? Hello? Yes. What's your name? Yeah, my name is Kofiana. I'm calling from Kumasi. Kofiana, you are calling from where? Kumasi. Kumasi. Kofi, let's hear you. Once we set out some of an injunction application, that's good one. Kofi, I can't, I can't hear you. I want to ask whether the outcome of an injunction application subject to an appeal. The outcome of an injunction application is subject to an appeal. Thank you very much. Kofi Annan, Bobby or Albert will answer your question for you. Um, Who is next? Um, Okay, you hold on. Um, Albert, you want to answer Kofi Annan? So every, every decision of the court is subject to, to an appeal. Of course, except why the, the decision is made by the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court granted the injunction, then of course you cannot appeal. You can only apply for a review. But other than that, every decision of the court is subject to appeal, and that includes the order of um, injunction. Great. And in fact, the two cases I have just referred to you guys and say that we will look at them in our next discussion, they were appeals over... In, uh, is it injunction contempt matters, rather? Hello, Nicholas. Hi, Larry Elder here. I never really thought much about how aches and pains can reduce a person's quality of life until pain started keeping me from living my best life. Just a few years ago, using the stairs was difficult because of the back pain. Then I found Relief Factor, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains. Within a week, I was on my way back to being pain-free. Now, I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every single day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and the other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better. Move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than a half a million others. Get started today with your three-week quick start for only $19.95. About 70% go on to order more because it worked for them. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. Relieffactor.com. Hello, Nicholas. Nicholas, go ahead. If you can hear me, go ahead. Yeah, uh, my question is... Where are you calling uh, from? I'm calling from... Go ahead. 
Go ahead. My question is, I have a dispute that somebody who has already come and get injunction over me on the past time. And right now, the guy is farming on the land. So should I go and get my passport? That person has got an injunction against you, order against you. Uh-huh. And that person is farming on the land. Yes, it's me farming on the land. And you are saying whether you should go and do what? Can I also go and do, and do farming as well? Because Can you also go and do farming? But you are the one who has been injuncted. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, let me take the next caller before you give us responses. Hello. Hello. Okay, Bobby, answer um, the, uh, Nicholas's uh, question. Hello, Bobby. Um, yeah. Hello. Go, yeah. Yes, go ahead. I have to add the appeal that if it's an injunction, you have only 21 days. If it's an interlocutory injunction, you have 21 days within which to file the appeal. But for the person who said the other side has obtained an injunction and is farming on the land, nothing stops him from also applying for an injunction to tell the court that whilst I have been restrained, that person is still going on to the land. And so restrain that person until the final determination of the case. And if you also satisfy the conditions, then you establish a prima facie case. Then the court may restrain both parties. So injunction is not directed at only one party. Sometimes if it's a land matter, the court can restrain both parties from going onto the land until the final determination of the case. Right. So you can court to seek that order against the person. Right. Got and, and I'll ask Albert to expand on that because there are people who generally think that once there is an injunction, it means that both parties have been stopped. When, in fact, in many of the cases, it is one party who has been stopped. Um, okay, let me hear Abdul first. Abdul Fatal, you're calling from where? Tamale South, to be precise. Tamale South, let's hear you. Yes, good afternoon to you, uh, Mr. Samson. I'm very grateful to get you online this afternoon. Um, first, to ask your leader, bring the test. Um, I, I just want to use the issue. Um, that one is pending. It's pending, so we will not comment on it. Ask, just ask your question generally, quickly, please. An institution or something has been right? Are you hearing me? Yes. Yes. If somebody has been injected not to do something, and that person disregarded that particular injunction, do you mean do you mean an injunction application or an injunction order? Okay. Do you mean an injunction application or an injunction order? An injunction order. Uh, order. Yes. The the court has decided and has said that the person should stop. Exactly. Okay. And Thank that you. Person go ahead. Okay. But you know the EC case you are referring to. That's not the case. The court has not determined anything. It's only an application. Thank you. Yes. Yes, Albert. Let's hear you. So so once the person has been served with the order and he disregards it, that should be a proper case for you to cite him for contempt. So, uh, that in, in brief, that is the answer to give. Cite the person for contempt of court for disregarding the court order. All right. Um, unfortunately, I understand that uh, we have run out of time. 
And so this is where uh, we will end part one of this discussion. Because remember, we have not actually brought in the contempt proper on the discussion. We will do so in part two. My guests have been Bobby Banson, who is a law lecturer and uh, an author of legal text on civil procedure. Albert Jenfi is also a law lecturer and an author of legal text. I'm Samson Ladia Yenini. This has been The Law. It's your legal light. It's your help law. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.